captain's logs. Han Solo. I'm captain of the Millennium Falcon. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Federation Starship Enterprise. Listening to Captain's Logs and Lightsabers, part of the Geek News Now Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to Captain's Logs and Lightsabers. We are the podcast with Geek News Now that covers both Star Trek and Star Wars in the same show. This is episode number 34, and it wouldn't be Captain's Logs and Lightsabers if I didn't have my co-host Chris Stow with me. So, Chris, what's going on, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. It's been a little over a month since we recorded, but mm-hmm. we kind of have a lot to talk about as far as news is concerned from both Star Trek and Star Wars. So we don't really have a specific discussion topic this week like we normally do or this episode. So we're just going to go through a rundown of all the various little bits and bites of news, as well as the major stories and major announcements that have come out over the past uh, few weeks or so. So, Chris, did you have anything to share for How Did You Geek this week? Well, I don't be honest with you, I don't really think so. I did start doing a rewatch of Star Trek Prodigy at the end on right before New Year's. I managed to buy the DVD sets for the first both for both both halves of the season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I started doing a rewatch of that because I never got to really watch it like kind of in sequence. I kind of watched it real choppy when it was on Paramount Plus. Yeah. So I'm going to do a complete rewatch of that. I know the second half of the season was was really amazing. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah. I thought the first half was good, but the second half really kicked it into high gear. Yeah. When they got back to the Alpha Quadrant and they were, you, you know, they were battling the, the Federation fleet and it was just a really good good show but i only watched each episode once so i really want to kind of rewatch everything and kind of get a better understanding as we try to start getting into season two because i know season two is supposed to come out at some point this year but to be honest with you none of the star trek dates for any of the shows have been announced not even for discovery right yeah which is kind of weird that we haven't got any firm announcements on on dates of any kind yet Oh, and of course, season two of Prodigy, naturally, (laughs) since Paramount essentially wrote off the show and sold it to Netflix, season two of Prodigy will now be airing on Netflix. So um, I'm kind of looking forward to that. I know the first season, both parts are already up on Netflix. And at one point when they launched, they cracked the top 10 of uh, what's streaming on Netflix. So yes, they did. That's that's very good news for Star Trek Prodigy and, and, you know, that it's cracking the top 10 on Netflix because there is a much, much larger audience on that service than there is on Paramount+. Plus. Absolutely. So hopefully it's going to find its original audience, its new audience, and it's going to grow. And who knows where the show will go from there. I'm assuming this is the final season of it, but you never know what happens. People change their minds all the time if things get become popular and make more money. So who knows? Yeah, and Netflix... They look at all their watch data like crazy, so if they see a a, a pattern that justifies bringing the show back, because, let's be honest, it's not the first time that Netflix has done that. They've they've bought a show from another distributor or another, you know, company and produced more seasons of it to give it proper endings. They They did that for the show Manifest that was on NBC. They did that for a couple others that I can't think of off the top of my head. Oh, Arrested Development, which, from what I understand, the the seasons on Netflix were not that good if you were a fan of the show. But, I mean, they they still did it, right? So Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, beyond geeking this week, I think that's really about it. Oh, I did get a couple of, I found some Star Trek calendars on clearance, which was a lot of fun. It's always fun to get them 75% off instead of full price. Uh, For sure. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, that was, so I'm trying to think if there was anything else that I got. Oh, didn't happen this week, but it happened after our, our last recording. So I found this great website, shopgoodwill.com, and I found a lot of good used Star Trek stuff on there. And I ended up getting two Star Trek snow globes from the early 1990s. One is from the original, with the original Enterprise, and one is with a Klingon Bird of Prey. They both light up, but the Bird of Prey one actually plays music. 
Nice. <laughs> I got them for like seven or eight bucks a piece. The shipping and handling was actually more than the product. That's usually how it goes, especially if you order something fragile like that. Pretty much, yeah. So, I mean, it, and it was fine. They look great. I'm looking at them right now in my man cave. I put them along that. that uh, I got a, a snow globe from Hallmark for Christmas from my twin brother and his wife. With It's like a transporter. The three of them are in the snow globe, mm-hmm. and you push the button, and it lights up. So, you know, nice. it all kind of fell together nicely, the, the, the three things. They look great on the shelf. But beyond geeking this week, that's really about it. So how about you? Well, I guess since we last recorded, I've com- I met my goal of seeing 150 new-to-me movies in 2023. That was something that... I was I kind of stalled out on over the summer, but I you know I started to pick up a lot of watching a lot of movies at home, especially you know that week off that we had going to the theater. So I had kind of set a personal goal for myself to watch 150 movies that I'd never seen, and and I I got there right around the end of December. So very nice. Yeah. Aside from that, I. <laughs> I'm getting well. I'm in the planning stages of getting my very first Star Trek tattoo. Wow! So I have I found an artist that is working on it for me. It's going to be it's going to be the the Delta, and behind the Delta is going to be a, a nifty little scene with Deep Space Nine with the with the space station in the background. So since That'll it's be been cool. my favorite show. You know, that's been my favorite Trek show forever, so I figured why not really, you know, permanently display my love of that show, so Mm -hmm. that's going to be sometime in February that I get that done, I think. Very nice. Hopefully it won't be too expensive or too painful for you. Uh, Ah, well, I mean, this will be, I don't even know. I've lost track of how many I have, so, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, the pain is actually kind of interesting yeah it's kind of uh soothing honestly in in a weird way you know (laughs) if if, anybody that has multiple tattoos will tell you the same thing that you know you kind of become almost addicted to the sensation you know the more you do it so that's interesting yeah well you know (laughs) i guess Uh, part of it is you mean it's working towards something positive for you that you're going to enjoy so right Right. Absolutely. And I, I love, you know, I love the idea of, you know, somebody show, showcasing somebody's art, you know, mm-hmm. on me rather than, you know, where uh, in my house where we <laughs> we don't really entertain a lot of people. So nobody gets to see all of our artwork that we have. So why not wear it? Absolutely. Cool. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's really all that I've been doing as far as from a geeky lens. What do you say we start running down some of the new stuff that we have to talk about? You got it. So this has been really interesting because, you know, in the last couple of years, Star Trek movie news has been crazy. There's a project announced and it fails and then back and forth, back and forth. So apparently in, in January, there were actually three different movies that were either announced or hinted at. The first one actually was mentioned on January 5th. Patrick Stewart actually... It was a story. Patrick Stewart revealed that there's a new Star Trek movie script in the works with his character in it. And there wasn't much really said about it. It was just he was on a podcast called Happy, Sad, Confused. And there was a host, the host, Josh Horowitz, was asking Patrick Stewart about like any hopes that he had for Star Trek's future and like maybe his future in the franchise. And he just this is the quote that he actually said. So it's an ongoing procedure for me. I only heard last night about a script that is being written, but written specifically with the actor, and then he referred to himself, to play in it. And I've been told to expect to receive it within a week or so. I'm so excited because it sounds like the kind of project where the experimentation that I want to do will be essential for this kind of material. It's good at 83, end quote. So he's, apparently he wants to do some more with with Captain or Admiral Picard. Which, I mean, is, is all fine and dandy, which is great. But I guess part of me kind of like enjoys the ending of his story arc with the end of Picard. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt like that was kind of really all you had to tell. Exactly. I mean, it, I mean, if they can come up with some really good final movie ending for him, that would be wonderful. But that's really all I could see 
the, the movie kind of leading toward is the fi- a finality, a death for the character once and for all, which in a way wouldn't be too bad because I, as the, you know, the cast are getting a lot older now. So to have a proper ending for their characters would make sense down the road. So that way in the future, as we're getting older, we can say, you know what? We actually got to see a complete arc with these characters, but I just, the way they ended Picard season three with them around that poker table, it was just, it was a good cap for all of them. And I'd, I'd hate to see that get messed up again. Yeah. And, and who is going to write the script for this film? Is it going to be Terry Metalis or is it going to be somebody else? And, and it's going to, you know, the final product is going to be more like the first two seasons of Picard rather than the third. Exactly. Exactly. So right now it sounds like it's just in the very, preliminary stages i mean quite frankly this might not even happen now i did do some other like research for this episode kind of looking and seeing what other people had to say about it and i guess somebody was making the comment that maybe this wouldn't be like a feature-length film that maybe it would be some sort of like tv movie or streaming movie for paramount plus kind of like section 31 is going to be so that'd be interesting too if his goodbye wasn't a theatrical movie it was something small like a tv movie i I don't know how much you keep up with everything that's going on with all these streaming services, but every single one of them, with the exception of Netflix, it seems, is bleeding money and losing every you know losing profit every single moment that these streaming services exist. So why are you putting an original film? What what is the the, the idea behind putting an original film on a streaming service that nobody subscribes to? Mm-hmm. Why would you deprive the general audience of a big screen movie, right? You know, mm-hmm. Star Trek will draw the crowds, you would you hope. I mean, even even J.J. Abrams' trilogy of films, you know, that he produced still drew crowds. I mean, yeah. every single one of them was profitable. Was Star Trek Beyond profitable ultimately, or did it did it fall short? I think it was profitable. I mean, I don't think it made like the exceptional amount of money they were hoping, but I think it did turn a profit. Okay. I just think, I just think they just, I don't know if it was just, they didn't have ideas for movies for that. Like they had script ideas, but there were maybe changes in regime or different directors coming in and out, writers coming in and out, actors, not what, whatever it is, you know, it's just, it's just been crazy for them being able to come up with some sort of, movie <laughs> just a, which is hard to believe you would think there's a lot of star trek material out there and that they could have come up with something decent i mean beyond came out in 2016 so that will be eight years this year right i know I mean, it's i mean heck quentin tarantino even had a, an idea for a movie and that got scrapped i can't imagine what quentin tarantino's star trek would even look like though well, all they said is it would be an R-rated version of Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe maybe somebody will figure out how we can travel between parallel universes, and 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 maybe you know some of some universe out there that's almost exactly like ours had that movie, and you know, right, exactly. Oh, you can yeah. see what it turned out like. Good point. Good point. <laughs> you know, but I mean, the whole getting back to the whole Picard movie thing. He was never happy with the way his character ended with Nemesis. And so he's had this wonderful ending with the ending of Picard. Does he really want to risk possibly another crappy ending that he's not going to like? You know, why, you know, why chance it is part of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping this project just doesn't actually happen. Yeah, that's that. Me too. Me too. I mean, like I said, if the only good thing that would come from it is maybe it would give closure to his character. But at the same time, it could always possibly give some finality to his character once and for all. But at the same time, we don't have to have that like absolute death of his character that we have to hang on. You know, it's, if we just if it's just simply we he end his the end of his characters with his crew, that's fine. Just you know, in the end, it's about him. Does he want to risk being unhappy again? And and at his age again, is he going to want to try to make another? If that screws up, well, can I do something else? you know, to fix it, <laughs> you know, it's like how much more, you know, can you do? I mean, and why can't we just get a, an end for those characters with Star Trek legacy? I mean, we've, 
Good point. The fans have spoken. The fans love Picard season three for the most part. They have been very vocal about Star Trek Legacy. Let's let's get something going on that because then you can give Terry Metalis the reins of Star Trek. He knows what he's doing. He wrote an incredible season three of Picard. Just give him his own series. Don't just give him one season. Give him his entire series and mm-hmm. then give him the ability to write endings for these characters because he proved that he can do it. Absolutely. And there's that there's, he cares. It's not even just his ability. He cares about these characters. That he too. Wants to see them done properly, you know. But everything that I've been seeing on different Trek websites and just randomly on the internet, as of now, they haven't greenlit anything. And to be honest with you, a year, we're basically a year out from you know, the beginning of Picard season three being on Paramount Plus. You would have thought that they would have snapped their fingers and been like, "We're green lighting this sucker." You know, right. everybody wants it. The actors, actresses want it. Like, why not? Right. Exactly. I mean, you've introduced some fantastic new characters who mm-hmm. have connections to the cast that we all know and love. It, it, it's a perfect opportunity to bring them in for whatever you need them for and eventually write them off, like give them their swan song. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I guess I think the answer, I think you're right. I, I think this is probably going to go nowhere, but we'll just wait and see what happens. And then we'll yeah. report on it here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's can do. Yes. Uh, so, so the other movies that are being talked about, apparently Star Trek four is still a possibility to go. And it's being called the final chapter in my notes here. It says that it remains in active development and deadline apparently reported and described at the star, the star Trek four project as quote, the final chapter in the main series. So this is what deadline said about the development of this new movie. Though there hasn't been a film since 2016 Star Trek Beyond, the brand is still strong as it's ever been with popular Paramount Plus shows like Picard and Strange New Worlds, earning strong reviews and big ratings in the time since the last film bowed in theaters. Brian Robbins-led regime saw an opportunity to build on that popularity with multiple films in development the same way the streamer has multiple shows going on at once. So apparently there are no details really about the story, but... Apparently, again, it's on in the planning stages. Now, on top of that, there's a story going around that there's a prequel movie that's going to be made that's supposed to be a prequel to the original Star Trek 2009 movie. And there, there are no details really about that project at all in terms of any story, anything like that. But how... It, I guess it says here, I guess the, the, the director is going to be Toby Haynes is, is his name. But the, beyond that, there's really nothing else. So Toby what Haynes. Say? Why do I know that name? I was going to say, well, did the events of Star Trek 09 even exist prior to, you know, the, the, the opening sequence? You know, when, like, up to that, wasn't it a single timeline, essentially? And then because of what... Why can't I think of the villain in the first one? Nero. Nero, yes. Because of Nero's meddling, it didn't that basically create the Kelvin timeline from and split it off from the main? Isn't that the whole idea? Yes, that was completely. Yes. So what I, fans always thought was, right. So the, the, the thought was is that everything before that was the same as it was in the prime timeline. So Enterprise happened, all that kind of stuff. And then that split happened with the time travel. So what, how can there, what really is there as a prequel to do? (laughs) Right. Yeah. We kind of know the story, don't we? Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. And you know what, why on earth do we need another prequel? I mean, prequels can be done. Well, it's just, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Let's, let's give that a break for now. Exactly. When we have discovery, we have strange new worlds. Why any more prequels? Why can't we keep moving forward? The fans want to move forward. They want to move past Picard into Legacy and maybe even go a little bit forward from there. Why Why the prequels? I, I, oh, it just drives me nuts. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of the same thing on Star Wars side, too. You know, everybody wants to see, it seems like people want to see a continuation of 
what happened after the the sequel trilogy, right? Yeah. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. we've got at least we've got the Ray movie coming out at some mm-hmm. point that's in active development that is supposed to take place after the events, but yeah, but they're also like fans are are getting stuff that's filling in other parts of the timeline, stuff that we've been playgrounds we've been playing in for quite a few years. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you've got and and don't get me wrong, I love the content that's filling in the the 19 years in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. I mean, we've got we had Rebels, we have Bad Batch, we have uh have we had any uh, yes, we had Obi-Wan that took place in those times. You know, we've got a whole lot of content that takes place, of course, after the the original trilogy. And, you know, that's that's the whole Mandalorian universe. So, yeah, let's let's move on. Let's move forward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see how this all develops again. You know, yeah. with that, the, the Star Trek Four news, it, it's you know, with the way it's been disappointing fans so much these last number of years. I'm not right now. My thought on it is, we'll see. I'll see it when I believe. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah, know? right. Exactly. So, there's no real reason to be like, oh, great, this time it's going to happen. So we'll see. But uh, that's really about it for that story. Okay. So what else you got? Was, the next one's just a really small mention. So at the beginning of January. There was the Hollywood Creative Alliance. They held their third annual Astra TV Awards, which they used to be called the HCA Awards, and it was held in Los Angeles. And Picard actually won two Astra Awards. Jerry Ryan won for Best Supporting Actress in a Drama Streaming Series uh, for, as 7 of 9. It said that she had actually tied with uh, an actress from The Crown named Elizabeth Debicki. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So apparently they tied, but she still won. And she said that she's really been enjoying playing seven to nine at this point in her life. She describes seven to nine as quote, more fun and cooler. (laughs) After a voyage. I mean, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And she also, she thanked showrunner Terry Metalis and the other writers of the third season for quote, amazing character development. So good for her because after Voyager ended, she basically says she was done with the character. She was tired. She was ready to move on. And now she's got this reinvigorated love for seven to nine again. And you can see it in her work in the, right. in the show. And now she's poised to be the next captain of the enterprise. I mean, that's a big honor. You know, so I can see why she might want to keep going. For sure. You know? So, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and hey, if, if you're still enjoying playing the character, why not? Yeah. If, if you're willing to entertain more material, go for it. Let's, yeah. Absolutely. And she and Michelle Hurd have amazing chemistry together as in terms of just as co, not co-workers, but like captain and first officer, but as romantic interests as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it would just be a great continuation on moving forward with them in that show. And then Terry Metalis, he picked up an award for best writing in a streaming drama series. And he won that for the, I guess he wrote the third season finale of Picard, or the series finale, The Last Generation. And he actually beat out a lot of competition. He, he beat out writers from 1923, Andor, Bel Air, The Boys, and The Crown. So he, it says he was also nominated for Best Directing, but he lost out to Nelson Craig from The Boys. Okay. Um, right. And the show, and Picard as the show itself or the season was nominated for Best Streaming Drama Series but lost out that, that award to the boys as well. And Sir Patrick Stewart lost out for best actor, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And then it says uh, also in the, in the, in the report I I'm reading from, it says Picard also Michelle Forbes was nominated for best guest actress in a drama series, but she lost out to Regina Taylor from CSI Vegas. Mm, okay. You know, that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we got two awards. I mean, I, I would have thought that the show with how good it was would have won more. But Star Trek's not very well known for winning Emmys for the acting or, you know, it's always been more in the technical aspects. Which sure. Is you know, because I mean, some of the episodes that some of these actors and actresses have done and performed in, it's just been amazing. And it's a shame that they were forgotten. So, yeah, there's there's always been quite a a rift between major award shows and sci-fi. You know, it's, it never gets the attention that it deserves. I mean, I, I just don't understand it. Exactly. Exactly. So 
I mean, the fact that they won something like that, that was to me, that's big news. Yeah, so, at least somebody is recognizing the, the work that was done on the show. Exactly, exactly. So really, the only other interesting little story I found online <laughs> deals with William Shatner. So, you know, there's always some sort of drama going on around William Shatner somehow, <laughs> whether he's saying something about like people with autism or he's, you know, just arguing with the fans or whatever it is. But there was this story about, so back on Star Trek Day in, in 2023, there was, they did promotional art for that day, and they put different pictures of a lot of the different captains or, or different characters from all through Star Trek, and they didn't include him, his image. And a lot of fans were obviously very upset about that because they're like, well, how can you do Star Trek Day and have promotional art without William Shatner and Eris Kirk? You know, and so basically William Shatner had made some comments on Twitter about it that he feels essentially that they're Paramount Plus is erasing his version of Kirk and they're more invested in like Paul Wesley now, a strange new world's Kirk. So at one point he said and actually said in one of his tweets about it, haters gonna hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you and I were talking a little bit about this before we started recording. Just, mm -hmm. you know, as far as, you know, William Shatner has had words about some of the things that Paramount Plus is doing and CBS is doing. So, one, you know, why would, if you're going to disparage the, the parent company that owns Star Trek, they're not going to use you in their marketing. And, right. and two, I mean, most of the Star Trek Day announcements that we have been getting in recent years have all been stuff that's going to be uh, appearing on Paramount+. Plus. Mm -hmm. So they're really not doing anything differently than they've already done. It's just now he notices the omission, I guess. Yes. And uh, and the fans are definitely making him <laughs> very you know making him well known about what's going on as well. Yeah. You know, they're they're definitely stoking the fire. <laughs> you know. So, but I mean I I I see kind of both sides of it. You're right. I mean Paramount Plus if if they're being disparaged for the product that they're putting out right now, they're not going to want to include him in the imagery. Makes sense. But at the same time it's kind of like William Shatner is the face. He was the lead character in the original very first Star Trek that was ever made. You know, Captain Kirk really essentially is Star Trek, you know? So yeah. It, it, yeah. So, go ahead. I, I just, I, I didn't, I didn't say what I said to, to, to minimize his impact and, and you know, his contributions to Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we wouldn't have Star Trek if it hadn't been for him because, you know, it, it, didn't work out so well with the first pilot. So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't even talking about anything you said. I was just making a general statement, yeah. basic thoughts. I was just kind of clarifying for whatever audience we have that you know I'm not I'm not bashing <laughs> Shatner for for what you know for for his contributions. Right. Oh no, not at all. Not at all. You know, it's it's just it's just kind of a. Really, what it comes down to, this story isn't that big of a deal. I just thought it was a fun talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I, I guess I've, one thing I've learned about is being a therapist about human nature is we all love a little bit of drama. No matter <laughs> what, how do we say we may not like drama, if we catch a story that's going to catch our eye and it's going to get us revved up a little bit, it's fun to talk about. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I'm sure there'll be more going on and on about this and stuff like that. But I mean, I don't really know what William Shatner specifically said that really ticked them off, except all I remember is he went to a Comic-Con. I don't know if it was San Diego Comic-Con or another one, but he made the comment about he felt that Gene Roddenberry would be spinning in his grave with the way Star Trek is currently. I don't know if he actually expanded on that or not, but I I've never really seen anything expanded on, but who knows? Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many things that are said on Facebook and Twitter and whatever the hell else there is out there nowadays, and it just gets all blurred and lost. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's all now, now it's all about the, the snappy headline, right? The, the, yeah. the snappy post on, on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling exactly. it now, you know, yeah. right, right. Not even click. Yeah. Well, yeah. Clickbait, but just, you know, what can you say in 200 some characters, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I don't know what he said, but I mean, it's just, it's going to be ongoing. From what it seems like to me, 50% of the fans support William Shatner and 50% don't. <laughs> that's just the way it is. Well, I, that's probably been that way for quite a while now. Oh, yeah. I also <laughs> think there's a generational gap going on. I think a lot of the younger fans tend to be the ones that are more against Shatner. So, I mean, they're much, a lot of the, the newer, younger fans are very protective of current Star Trek. So anytime somebody who's older or somebody who's involved in some of the older stuff, they tend to get a little bit more upset about what they're saying. I, I, I don't know. I stay out of it. I just, I just sit back and read it for the comments. That's, <laughs> you know, I mean, let them have their own little battle. That's, that's, they can do their thing. I just, I just, it's like, I'm like one of those memes where you like sit there and like, like Michael Jackson sitting in the theater eating popcorn. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of how I am. I just sit back and read and, and that's it. <laughs> limit your interaction. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. If you don't agree with them, you're wrong, even if you bring up valid points. So that's that's exactly. what that's what happens when you argue on the internet. Exactly. So I stay clear of it, and I say to myself, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. You know, it's okay. Yeah. So yeah, you and I have disagreed on quite a few things. You know, on this yeah. show. So heck yeah. So. You know, it's just the way it is. You know, I think for you and I, the only one is, I think, like the continuity or the canon. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you 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 have your things that you're passionate about, and I'm a little bit more lackadaisical and, and easygoing when it comes to it. So. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you about that when we get to the Asaz Ventress part of about that. <laughs> okay. All right. You with this one. <laughs> Well, yeah, that is something we will eventually get to. So on, on that note, did you have any other Star Trek news stories to cover for us? At this point, no. Okay. Not, well, um, yeah, so we're good to go. Yeah, let's move on to a different galaxy, one that's far, far away with some news. So back in early January, we got word that John Favreau is going to be producing and directing a new feature film that will see our two of our favorite characters, the Mandalorian and Grogu, on the big screen for the first time. So at some point in 2024, that film is going into production. I don't think they have announced exactly you know who is going to be writing the script whether it'll be favreau and filoni or just favreau i I know with favreau writing a lot of season three of the mandalorian it's kind of the weakest season you know i i really hope that that filoni has just more than a passing hand you know with with the script because i think when those two work together it's it's pretty good content comes out but you know Favre by himself, maybe not so much. Right, exactly, exactly. And part of one of my thoughts are to it, I'm really hoping that this this movie's actually going to happen because it, it's starting to feel at times with the with Star Wars projects that they disappear as much as Star Trek Four does. Yeah, yeah, and I I don't know what's going on with that. I you know it it's plus it's always so hard to to believe what you read because you never know if it's coming from a legitimate source either. Right. I mean, there was word, you know, there was rumor and, and hearsay going around that the, the, the Ray movie was already scrapped, but it just had something to do with the writer had turned in a script and he's taking another pass at it. Like it's the same writer. It's not like the project is dead or, you know, they fired the creative team, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, the sky is falling kind of nonsense that the internet likes to drum up every once in a while. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, I really do believe this, this movie is going to happen without a doubt. I think the the characters are too, are too popular. The show's too popular, but you're right. Hopefully it's going to be well-written and developed. I mean, if if it's going to be some crappy story that really has no purpose, they might as well just ended the series the way they did. Mm-hmm. You know, it actually, it actually gave it a, a kind of a, an actual ending. So, you know, if they're going to continue it on, then have something that's going to work out and make sense, and people are going to enjoy. Yeah, I just what what do you think a a Mandalorian and Grogu film would address? Like, where do you think? Is something, you know, are are they, are we going to pick up where they were 
at the end of season three of the Mandalorian at their little cottage on Navarro, you know, the little homestead that he has going on is, is there going to be some kind of event that brings Mando out of retirement? You know, what, where do they, where's the jumping off point for the story? Right. I mean, there would have to be something, something big that would pull him out of retirement. I can't see it just being like some little off like side story or something that really doesn't add to the greater mythos. Yeah. Otherwise it wouldn't really be much of anything, but what was, what ended up the Mandalorian ended up doing at the end? Like he was going to be like a marshal or something. Yeah. He was going to be the marshal on Navarro essentially. Yeah. He was just that, you know, grief carga gave him and, and that the house or farm or whatever it is in exchange for being the marshal. Yeah. Right. So is that what he's been doing all the in in whatever time has elapsed since the end of that season and where this movie picks up or you know yeah I wonder I wonder what's going to happen I knowing how Dave Filoni seems to try to keep like the continuity and and things going my guess is is that there'll be some sort of big event that that's going to pull him out of retirement we'll see that he's still living happily ever after with his adopted son and, mm-hmm. and that stuff. I don't think we'll just see him in the middle of something away from that and like it's forgotten yeah yeah i I think there's going to be something big that pulls him away and it's going to probably add to the greater mythos whether or not that ties into the big mandalorian arc that's been going on like with with season three with bo katan or or if they were going to see something more with with gideon i mean it looks like he died but you know it's a star wars happen you know (laughs) i mean there could be some other imperial remnant thing that's going on or maybe it'll even tie into something with thrawn and ahsoka who knows yeah, it's it's hard to say. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of excited, but I'm also a little hesitant to to yeah. really get too excited. Yeah, no, I got you. You're you're, you're cautiously optimistic. About it. <laughs> yes, always. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> always. Maybe, maybe the good thing is, and like I've told you before, I do think that Picard season three kind of took the shine from Mandalorian season three. Not that it Mando season three didn't have its issues; it did. Mm-hmm. But I I think this, that that was bad timing. It might have done a little bit better if Picard wasn't as good as it was at the time. Yeah, you know? yeah. So maybe you know. Hopefully, it'll be something good that brings the interest back, and it'll it'll make it worthwhile. Yeah, we'll see. On on that note, I think we've kind of talked this one to death with yeah. what little information we have on it. So we'll move on to the next bit of news, and that was kind of the same day that the Mandalorian and Grogu film was announced. We got word that there's going to be a, a second season of the uh, Ahsoka series on Disney Plus, which immediately begs the question: How are they going to deal with Balin Skull? You know, after Ray Stevenson passed away. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. I mean, he was a real class act and just brought a lot of depth to that character. Yeah, so it's gonna, it, you know, they can re- they can write the character the same way with a different actor. But I mean, is he going to this new person going to bring in the same depth? And uh, I think that whoever if they do that, they're going to have a, some big shoes to fill. And I think there's going to be a lot of maybe some backlash early on because it's going to be like, how can you replace somebody who did that good? You know, right, right. And do you, you know, or and in the way that his little story ended at the end of season one really does deserve a follow-up of some yeah. kind. It's it. You can't just drop that whole thing just because he's gone. That's right. Absolutely. Now I think there was, if I'm remembering correctly on X, somebody had posted a picture of some, I guess, behind the scenes art that showed Ahsoka and Sabine on one of those big stats. I think it was the mm-hmm. statue of the father with his finger pointing. Am I right? Yeah, I think that was a, uh, piece that Dave Filoni had done as a tease. Okay, okay, that makes sense. All right, so at least we know it's happening. There's there's work being done. You know, right? Not just rumors going around. So thank goodness for that little picture. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saved that into my phone. I had forgotten about it, but yeah, yeah. Th- so there is something. So hopefully that comes out with soon. Yeah, and and speaking of Ahsoka, I don't know if you saw the big announcement from Steel City Con, our our favorite local comic con and pop culture con, that Natasha Lou Bordizo is actually going to be there Saturday and Sunday doing photo ops and signatures and autographs. Oh, yes. yes, I saw that today. Brandy and I were my wife were at, we were at the laundromat and saw that. I was like, Brandy, look who's coming. She's like, Who is that? 
<laughs> I'm like, thanks. You just took the you know the wind out of my sail. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's exciting. That'll be now. Are you and you and your wife? Are you going to get a picture with her? I don't know yet. I have no idea what we're going to do as as far as if we're going to do any photo ops. It, it's really going to depend on what other guests they announce. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, apparently that same weekend of Steel City Con is also Fan Expo up in Cleveland or right around the same time. Maybe it's the weekend before, but I know they've announced a few Ahsoka guests as well. Mm. Let, let's see if I can find any information on their guests on the Fan Expo Cleveland. So we're... we're uh, only able to move as quickly as the internet will allow us. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oof, Danny Trejo is going to be at Fan Expo. <laughs> nice. Okay. There we go. Okay, so Iman Fondi, who played Ezra, and Diana Lee Inosanto, who played uh, Morgan Elsbeth. Nice. They're both going to be there. Saturday and Sunday of Fan Expo Cleveland, which that is April 12th through 14th. So I do believe that's the same dates as Steel City Con, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So, okay. So we're not getting those two, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> unfortunately, but maybe, maybe we can get Rosario. That would be great. Oh, if we could get, if we could get Rosario and Natasha, mm-hmm. there may be another photo op in my future. Just there saying. Yeah, I mean, Steel City Cons right now for this show is building some looks like little reunions. Yeah, uh, like with nine Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero and the Breakfast Club. Looks they're like yeah, they're really good about that. Oh, I know. Just as a side note, if Ali Sheedy from Short Circuit goes there, I'm gonna die because she was my childhood crush. And <laughs> so, if that, that would make the decision for me, which show I would go to that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'd walk through fire to go see Ali Sheedy at this point. Very nice. Hey, you know? yeah. No, that Ali Sheedy is definitely a very attractive lady, then and now. Oh, yeah, man. Her in short circuit. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aside from Ahsoka Season 2 and, and our little diversion on Steel City Con, the biggest piece of news that we got out of Star Wars this past week was the season three, which will be the final season of The Bad Batch. We got a trailer for uh, that show. So let's see if we can make this work. Whatever is needed to accomplish this goal, you will have it. They are coming for all of you. Give us a real challenge. All right, so that was the season three trailer for The Bad Batch. Man, what a trailer. (laughs) Yeah, it was certainly exciting, very heart-pounding, definitely. There is so much to unpack about that. My goodness, where do we begin? Let's begin with the the fact that we are getting the three-episode premiere on February 21st. We have less than a month to wait for new Star Wars on Disney+. Plus. I mean... This announcement just and the date and everything just seemed to come out of nowhere. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting it was going to be probably mid mid year, if anything. Yeah. So it, so when they were like, it's less than a month away, I was like, okay, this is great. We finally have something that we're to look forward to because, like we said earlier in Star Trek and Star Wars, there are no dates set for anything. So we finally have something tangible. Right. Right. So yeah. So completely absent from the trailer was 
Tech, you know, at the end of season two, he sacrificed himself so the rest of the Bad Batch could get away. But the the season three trailer doesn't even acknowledge that and doesn't even give us any indication that, you know, he is 100% dead. Do you think he really, you know, we saw the last of Tech or do you think there's a surprise? I think there's going to be a surprise at some point. I don't think they're going to waste this opportunity with his character. Whether he you know, comes back as himself or they, because of all maybe some severe injuries, they have to kind of build him kind of like a Darth Vader kind of character, you know, right. who knows, but I'm sure we're going to have some sort of surprise. I, yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, I, I can't see them just wasting that opportunity unless they can find some real good drum, dramatic reason to keep them dead. And like, maybe that's just the motivation for the Bad Batch to go on the missions that they're going to continue going on. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Uh, we got a lot of Captain Rex in that trailer. Yes, absolutely. Now, that's got me really excited, because as we know, the clones have been pretty much phased out at this point. And there's going to be some sort of, I don't know if you want to call it a civil war, if there's going to be some sort of, there's going to be some sort of uprising by the clones. I think the clones are going to finally realize that they got used and that they're devalued and they're going to try to fight somehow for their rights or for something and it's going to fail. Yeah, yeah. So the the season, the three episode premiere. Do you think we're going to get a a rescue mission started and completed in that three episode arc, or do you think that the three episodes are just going to set up the rest of the season, which you know, the, then the, the the season long arc will be rescuing Omega. I think that yes, definitely. There's going to be a big piece with Omega. I think that's going to be the the crux of a lot of it. Now, I watched the trailer several times to try to pick out as much as I could. But what I did was, is I went on YouTube and looked at some of the other reviews that other people did and gave me some, it helped me to kind of catch things that maybe that I missed. Okay. There is, there is a point where it looks like Crosshair actually is reunited with the rest of the Bad Batch. But there's a discussion there might be a time jump that maybe Crosshair gets rescued while they're trying to rescue Omega, but Omega has to get left behind. And part of the reason why that was said is because there's, there are two points. If you, at the beginning of the trailer, Omega looks like herself, like when she's being scanned by those beams. Mm -hmm. Later on, she's actually looks like she's piloting a shuttle or some kind of ship, and she looks older. Has oh. So okay. I didn't that in my own in my own watch. So what the theory on it is, is that Again, they're going to rescue Crosshair because there were some scenes in there where it looks like Crosshair was with them in his original outfit. And so it looks like maybe Omega didn't wasn't so lucky. And and there was a point where I think it was Hunter who made the comment, "You, it's been a long time since she's been waiting for us, something to that effect. So oh, there's hmm. got to be some sort of time jump coming. Yeah, yeah, you're you're probably right. So whatever whatever fan pointed that out, kudos, man. That <laughs> I didn't catch it either when I was watching the trailer. So to be fair, I've only watched the trailer once and you know, since it debuted. So I now I need to go back and watch it again, obviously. Well, you know what it is about the trailer? Some people are really good at like analyzing those kind of things. The yeah. trailer was moving so fast, it's hard to keep up. I mean, he, this guy was I can't remember who it was. I think his name was Eric Voos. He has a, a channel, and but he was even able to pick out little like, like there was a scene where the, there was a shuttle that had been crashed, and it, there were two little figures that he was able to point out. One of them looked like Omega, and one looked like Fennec Shand. And like I'm like, how did you pick this out? <laughs> like <laughs> for ants in like you know like in a mountain. It was I don't know, but he was good at it, and you know it, it brought some really interesting thoughts about what could be coming up. Yeah. And there was also the thought that maybe the the beginning shots that we saw in the trailer might not actually happen until later in the season because I and I think they said because they saw Crosshair in that that I, I, there was a, he had a name for that vehicle I know it was in episode three during the Kashyyyk battle uh. the, the vehicle they're driving but I can't remember the name but Crosshair is apparently in that vehicle with them. Okay. Okay. Huh. Well. Wow, yeah, I, I, I'm really just, I'm blown away by this trailer, just, it's, yeah. oh, it's there's so much, and this show is so good, like, I'll be honest, season one was a bit rocky for me, but season two was incredible, like, oh, it, they really turned up the intensity on that season, and 
yeah, I loved it. I, I, I didn't know if I was going to have the same reaction to season two as I did to season one. I was not looking forward to it nearly as much. Right, exactly, exactly. Here's another thing that I really liked about the trailers. We've got to see the Emperor. He yes. Now he, it's like when he was Supreme Chancellor of the Republic, he was always there, always in the Senate meetings, things like that. But we noticed in, in, in season two, they were making a comment in the, in the Imperial Senate that he never really shows up. Masamita is usually there in his right. place, you know, and I don't I don't know why, why the emperor is playing it in the shadows, you know, now now that he's got complete power, why he's doing that. So now we're seeing him a little bit more and I'm hoping we'll get some more answers to that. But I, what I also love about his little section that we saw, he's talking about the research with Dr. Hemlock. And obviously we know that's about the clone stuff that's, that's going on. Yes. So the the whole talk about whatever resources you need, you have them. Yes, exactly. And and it's going to be important for the Empire to grow in, based on this research. And what I really enjoy about this is, you know, the sequel trilogy gets a lot of bad press from a lot of the fans and different sites and things like that. But they're still tying a lot of the current stuff you know, that's kind of prequel-esque, basically, into the sequel trilogy. And we know that this is going to tie in with all of the, the cloning stuff that happens with, with Palpatine and the Rise of Skywalker. Wait, wait, wait. So you mean to tell me that that contrary to what people like Mike Zero and Star Wars Theory say, that they're not rewriting the sequel trilogy with exactly. uh, the Bad Batch? Oh, exactly. I know, Mike. What? I know. I know. It's hard to believe, isn't it? But I know. I love. I, <laughs> I love. That, I love that they're like saying, you know what? You may not like this, but the, hey, this is Star Wars lore. We're proud of the work we did, and we're tying it all together. Man, I, I, I feel like I feel so betrayed by these guys that I don't watch their videos. Get out of here. I know. I know. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, you and I have talked about this. There's, the sequel trilogy is really not that bad. I mean, it went off the rails a little bit and had to recover at the end. But I mean, it's, it's interesting stuff that they introduced. The characters I thought were interesting. I don't think Ray gets enough respect. I think they treat her like garbage. Yeah. Way too much. And, you know, I always thought Ray was a likable character. Mm -hmm. you know? I, I agree. It just, yeah, well. The, the internet the internet yeah. yeah different different but i just i i love that they're tying in the emperor's obsession with cloning and how that ties into him having that clone body on exegol and you know it's a big overarching story and i don't think this will be the ending that we the end of all of it i mean there, there's all this cloning going on in the mandalorian too you know right uh, right be a big thing big theme that continues on through the rest of the stories all right so should we talk about the set apprentice in the room Oh, yes. I'm going to leave that one up to you. <laughs> <Mr. Cannon. laughs> well, so at the very end of the trailer, we get the, the dulcet tones and a flash of a yellow lightsabers. What's that about? And, and as well as a new hairstyle and overall just like a brand new refresh character model for Asajj Ventress, which is just mind blowing in, a, in and of itself. Yeah, so <laughs> what you're referring to, Chris, is the 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 Dark Disciple novel that basically took three unproduced episodes of the Clone Wars, expanded it, and you know it was, it was essentially a Ventress story, a, and a, a well as well as a Quinlan uh, as well as a Quinlan Voss story that talks about those two characters. But at the end of the book, Ventress supposedly dies, mm -hmm. and that book. Apparently takes place. It takes place prior to the point in the timeline that we are with the Bad Batch. Yet here's Ventress showing up. But the the funny thing about that is the the showrunner for the Bad Batch has already said. Yeah, he basically had what seemed like a prepared statement because he knew fans were going to wonder what how they were going to do this. But he basically said that they have written it in such a way that will keep that story intact as well as add to the lore of Ventress. So we'll see. <laughs> we will see. Exactly. Now there's a theory online. I guess it was actually from the same guy that I was, I was watching earlier. He said that maybe she's reanimated with some of that night sisters magic. I mean, it is possible. Yeah. I mean, and, and he was showing like, examples of like different things from ahsoka when those night sisters were using their powers and stuff like that to resurrect the stormtroop 
So, but at the same time, like she has new lightsabers. They're yeah. yellow. They're not red. So yeah. that's changed. She no longer has a red blade. Yeah, and she doesn't act like a zombie. She acts like literally like herself. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't think that theory is is going to hold any water, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, I I think you're right about that. You know, that would that would be kind of crappy if they did it that way. You know, so yeah. I mean, granted, it's not the first time that they have essentially retold a story that had appeared in a different medium. I mean, the, the Bad Batch itself, the the first season kicked off with, you know, a, a retelling of the Kanan Jarrus origin story, you know, how he became, how he, how he went from, yeah. Oh, wow. Why am I drawing a blank on his, his name? Caleb Doom. Caleb Doom, yes. Yeah, so they kind of rewrote that whole story, which had been its own comic, right? So mm-hmm. we know that if something that happens on screen in something officially canon, it does overwrite any print materials. That's kind mm-hmm. of been the, the rule. But I'm 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 hopeful that it actually, you know, we were led to believe that Ventress is dead, but she didn't die, and that she's essentially been... Maybe she's a mercenary. Maybe she's very similar in style to Balin Skull and Shin Hati from Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe she's more like a, a Jedi Ronin, essentially. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was actually, I was thinking the same thing. But, you know, that she's probably out for hire to try to go after the Bad Batch or, you know, something. Something, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's going it's to, it's, it was really cool. I wasn't expecting it to be her. When I heard the voice, I thought it was the, what was the name of the character that betrayed the Bad Batch that, Rhea Perlman. Yes. I can't remember her name. Fee is the one played by Wanda Sykes. I can't. Re- yeah, I can't remember her name. The traitorous slug. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I thought it was, that was her saying that stuff. And then when Ventress popped up, I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> I, I, I didn't know where she died, but I knew the character was dead. Yeah. You know, so it was like, what in the heck? Another resurrected character? Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Well, but, we'll see what happens, I guess. Exactly. But I mean, it, it's going to be, this is going to be one heck of a season. I wish this wasn't going to be the last one. I'm kind of wondering why they're ending it after, you know, season three. But I guess maybe they feel that's just enough story. Yeah. I mean, let them end, let them end the, the story on their own terms. Don't keep something running just because it's successful, just because it's popular. Yeah, tell the story you want to tell, and, and there's always future animation projects, you know? Absolutely. Which, so I, I find it interesting that Season 3 wraps up on May 1st. That's conveniently timed for the following Saturday, isn't it? Absolutely, pretty much. Yeah. So I, I wonder what kind of announcements we're going to get on Saturday, May 4th. I, uh, do you think we'll find out about a new animated series? Oh, that's a good question. I can't imagine that they're going to not do something animated. You know, yeah. just hopefully it'll be something, you know, clever and ties into the overall arc. Right. As long as they don't do a Star Wars Resistance kind of show. I'm sorry, that show was awful. <laughs> I didn't even make it through all of the first season, I don't think. So Yeah, it yeah. was I mean, they had a lot of potential they could have done with the whole thing with the before, you know, with the first order and everything, and they turned it into a racing show with kids. And it's like, come on. So it was it, sorry, I'm sorry if I'm being a <laughs> No, you're good. You're good. It, like, <laughs> it was, and I love I love I'm very open with a lot of these Star Trek and Star Wars things, but that show sucked. <laughs> I mean, how dare you express an opinion contrary to, you know, everything Star Wars is great. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I have friends that are hardcore Star Wars fans that they hated it, too. And I, I, I was like, wow, OK. You know, it's just, it just had an odd feel to it. There yeah. were some good episodes. Like, there, there were some good episodes here and there. Like in season two, I liked I liked that one a little bit better. But overall. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, yeah. I I don't even know if I can you even watch that show anywhere anymore. I think it's still on Disney Plus. I could be okay. wrong, but I thought yeah. I saw it. I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try to give it another shot. Mm. We'll see. Yeah, it's a good idea for a show. Maybe you and I can rewatch it and do a review. Ooh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, let's let's add it to the the slush pile of of exactly. shows that we might get to at some point. Exactly. So. 
I really don't have anything else as far as news to cover. I, I think we kind of hit all of the big points and it's safe to say we're very excited for Bad Batch Season 3 in, in a month. Very much so. Cannot wait. All right. Any any final words of wisdom or final thoughts from you, Chris? Not really. I'm just hoping that we get some news from both franchises and when we're going to get new episodes of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's coming. Yeah, it, the writer strikes what really affected a lot of this. It really did. Yeah. But uh, hey, that's in the rear view, so... Exactly. So it, it may, things might be a little bit delayed. I know we're going to get more stuff this year. There's no denying it. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just a, it'd like be nice to hear something so we can be like, OK, let's put it on our calendars here in, in the countdown. I mean, we got Discovery and then we've got the is it is the Section 31 movie supposed to be available this year? I think they, they're getting ready to start production on it. Oh, so they haven't even started filming. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And I know Strange New World season three, they just finished at least the second episode. Is there okay. was a, uh, a picture of the director of the episode on in the captain's chair on X? So it's it's being made, and lower deck season five should be pretty much done too. It might. They were saying on trekmovie.com that it, it was probably they're hoping that it'll still come out in the summer like the other four seasons did, but it might be delayed a little bit because of the writer strike. But that's it. Right. Yeah. Ah, that's okay. You know, I don't mind waiting a few months no, if we have to. Right. It's just as long as we have some information to be like, okay, now we know when it's coming. So we have something to look forward to. Yep. All right. So I think we're going to end it there for episode 34 of Captain's Logs and Lightsabers. I I think we've kind of exhausted the, the, the gauntlet of topics that we've spoken about today. So until our next episode, which will be sometime in February, may the force be with you. And live long and prosper. All right. 